0: I'm not doing Little Mermaid. No, the Little Mermaid, first of all, Prince Eric was vanilla as fuck, and you know it. The Little Mermaid was having missionary sex, and this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. She couldn't even get doggy. everyone welcome back to another episode of the spice rack podcast today we are having a fun little retelling very minimal plot heavy on the spice but before we get into wretched by emily mcintyre em how are you i am good so i was a little tourist over the week so i went to washington dc for my first time it was my spring break absolutely breathtaking i think the jefferson monument is my favorite And I just, I thrived. There's nothing I love more than history. And I went to the Spy Museum. Which, if you're ever in D.C., go to the Spy Museum. It was probably one of the coolest experiences ever. And at the beginning, you get, like, an ID of, like, a spy. And you have different missions across each exhibit. Really neat. Yeah. It's like when you go to the Titanic Museum and you get handed a person, you see if you live by the end. (laughs) But the thing that gets me with the spy museum is you walk in, there's like an intro video, and you have these people talking who are legit real spies. They're retired now, but their full government name is on the screen where they were in there, like what spy cell they were in. And I just think that that's just not safe. I don't think I could. I would not be a good spy. no. You can't gossip at all, you're a Spy, and that is what would take me out. <laughs> I just the fact that you have to be so secret. I just couldn't. I just could just never. To <laughs> could never. I mean, we couldn't do the pot if we were spies. What would we talk about? <laughs> but yeah, that was my week. Car eating, Sav. I'm good. I have decided I'm going to take a little break from drinking on march 28th because i'm seeing john mayer on march 27th so march 28th to april 28th because on april 28th we're seeing taylor swift so i'm going to take a little a little detox moment because this past weekend was st patrick's day in savannah which is like a, a big shebang And I consumed so many, first of all, so many green beers that my teeth were green, which is not a good sight. You know what I mean? Like not a good sign of where the day was going. Then we go to this little bar for a band. (laughs) There were these, I recognize, listen, if there is a bar band, Seth and I are in the front because you have to have a balance of like hot girls and people who want to rage. And I fall into the latter category. So there were some hot girls next to me fine live your life I'm like in the corner Seth's behind me very small sliver of the front of the stage well they were like taking over and I was like hey in my blackout state was like hey very kindly can you move over a little bit like we've been here since the beginning you're bumping into me a lot like can you just scoot that way there's room over there and this girl turns around and goes this bitch and like talk shit about me so i proceeded to rear back and elbow her so hard in the middle of the back that my arm was sore the next day and <laughs> seth looked at me and said it's time to go <laughs> like, we cannot have a bar fight situation <laughs> we gotta get the fuck out do you remember when we were in nashville So we went to Nashville for like a quick, like not even 24 hours and we're jamming to this band and a full brawl starts out at the bottom of the bar. Do you not remember that? Seth had to like grab you because you were about to get trampled by these men fighting. Was I a part of the brawl? No, we were just (laughs) standing there listening to the music and they start like tumbling down the stairs, like fighting. I love a bar fight. (laughs) I can't get enough. Seth looked at me and he was like, "We are not in a state. We are not in a state to be fighting in this bar. We come here a lot. Like we gotta fucking go." So if you're listening to this podcast and you got elbowed in the back at Barrel House on St. <laughs> Patrick's Day, I'm not sorry. You deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm. Have been incredibly feral the last two weekends to the point that on a work call yesterday my boss was like still standing. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Glad we had good weeks. My other thing that I uh, of the utmost importance, Emily and I are seeing Taylor Swift on April 28th. If any of you, if anyone ruins this concert for me, I will not forgive you. Like I will be upset. For the end of time, I have been dodging videos on TikTok and Instagram like I'm fucking in the matrix. And if anyone tells me, I know that she has 44 songs. I don't want to hear what songs, how many outfit changes. Just, I I cannot have this experience ruined. Yes. I will not forgive you. (laughs) You ruined this for me. (laughs) 44 songs. My body is ready. That's what I'm saying. I have to detox. I'll be done with my detox by (laughs) April 28th. So my boyfriend is not a Swifty and uh, I've been sending him a song a day trying to convert him to be a Swifty. And he drove me to the airport and it was only supposed to be one song. And I just kept playing her on loop, just like different songs. I don't think I'm being successful in my mission, but I'm sending him a song a day until the 28th. This is Seth's thing. He's like, every time <laughs> I listen to Taylor Swift, he's like, this isn't for me. Like, this music <laughs> is not made for me, and that's okay. But he can, he can respect the craft, which is exactly. all that matters. I'm about to send him the song of the day. I didn't to do Clean. That was a good one that you recommended. Clean is a solid bop. Yeah. Well, I know that you finally... Been reading some books. <laughs> what are you been guys reading? <laughs> I read two books.
1: So, so proud!
0: I reread. So, um, I read Wretched before, and so I reread it. Still five stars in my opinion. Then I finished Vipers and Virtuoso, which is the book after Promises and Pomegranates. Oh, is this the rock star? <laughs> it's the rock star. Him being a rock star is a very underlying tone in the book. Okay, okay. Very underlying. And there's an auction. The guy, we literally read about him. Cal, Cal, right? Yeah. Yeah, Cal makes a full appearance multiple times in this book. And it is a slow burn stalking situation. That speaks to you. And so there's like points where I'm like, I annotate the book and I'm like, are they going to get to the point? It was almost like a little bit too much of a slow burn. I gave it four stars. It was hot as hell. The spice was just hot and it was so well written, but it was just a little bit too slow for me. Mm, Good to know. Yeah. What have you been reading? Okay. Well, I finished book five and the bonds that tie. I am holding off on book sense, book six because I will be deeply depressed once this comes to an end, and I'm I just need to stave off the depression for like a week. Like I cannot handle a book depression right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with it later. However, I texted Emily this yesterday, so I started my Dark Romeo by L J Shen. I'm a little over halfway through. I was like taking my feet yesterday reading this book, grinning ear to ear, giggling to the point where Seth was on the couch. I was like, Seth, you have to like, I have to tell you what's going on. It is my favorite LJ book. No question. We have to read it. Like it is so good. I know. As soon as I have this big paper turned in next week, I can read it. It. Chef's kiss. Like I am literally giggling. And the best part is that she's like a a true like Southern. They did like Southern debutante female main character, but like she's from Atlanta. And so it's just like, I don't know, it's very fun, like Georgia S. I just literally kicking my feet up, grinning, like having the best time. I'm really excited to read it because it's I love LJ and I love Parker Huntington. So just the fact that they like collab together, I'm just so excited. I love LJ so much, but I'm not normally laughing out loud in her books, but like truly giggling. I cannot wait. Does this I beat, wait for you to read? It. Is, does this book beat vicious? It's so far, yeah, and I'm only halfway done. Like, it's a five-star read. Something has to go terribly wrong at this point for this to not be a five-star read. But let me tell you how much I'm liking this book. I ordered tabs on Amazon yesterday to start tabbing. It got to you. It got to me. It got to you. It's nestled in my little soul at this point. So it's going to be my new comfort book. I'm excited. I don't know what I want to read next. I don't know. We have been on a bit of a dark path we have been <laughs> and I think I'm gonna need uh, like a rom-com in my life very soon I know I cannot wait for oh my gosh, why am I blocking on her name she's like our best friend now Erin Hawkins yeah it's for Erin Hawkins's new book to come out I know it's gonna be so good and so that's kind of like my vibe of um rom-com that I want uh what happens in Vegas yeah mm-hmm Yeah, Erin Hawkins is our new bestie. She's our number one fan. I might read the next book and like, the um, Indigo Ridge Juniper Hill book um, series came out. And she did get married in Vegas. So I might do that as a palate cleanser. I will not be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so getting into Wretched by Emily McIntyre. Emily McIntyre is an Amazon top 15 best-selling author of painful, messy, beautiful romance. She doesn't like to box herself into one subgenre, but all the but at the core of all her stories is soul deep love. When she's not writing, you can find her waiting on her long list Hogwarts letter, chasing her crazy toddler or lost between the pages of a good book. Books by McIntyre include Beneath the Stars, Be Still My Heart, and the Never After series, which starts with Hooked. And today we will be discussing Wretched, which is in the Never After series and is a dark Wizards of Oz retelling. I think that this is my favorite so far in the Never After series. I've read all of them except for the Twisted one. I think this one might be my favorite i am gonna have to take a little bit of a deep dive i tried to read i tried to listen to hooked on audio which now that i'm thinking back terrible idea (laughs) because i'm gonna want to read that but i think i'm gonna have to get it i really want to read scarred the one that's like the lion king that one was really 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 good i also feel like this is a safe space i don't think i've ever seen the wizard of oz so like i was not picking up on the references i haven't seen it either Like, you had the yellow brick road, and then I was confused. Yeah, I knew, I know, like, the ruby red slippers. Mm -hmm. And, like, Dorothy is obviously important. But, like, the comparison of the characters, I got nothing. Nothing. (laughs) I really like the dedication for this week. So, it's dedicated to, so, for the misunderstood. And then she gives us a cute quote. A heart is not judged by how much you love, but by how much you are loved by others, which is by L. Frank Baum, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. So getting into the plot review, the night before Nicholas goes undercover to try and stop a powerful drug family, he meets a girl in a bar. Imagine Eveline's surprise when Nic- when the Nicholas she met last night turns up as a guy named Brayden trying to find an end to her crime family. After a feud between her sisters leaves her completely alone, Eveline loses herself in the family business, desperate for a pathway to find love from her family. Evelyn's father may seem like the true leader of the fam, but she's the brains of the operation and is constantly the one doing his dirty work. And when Brayden realizes that he's fallen for the one person he was supposed to take down, things get messy. The way that I devoured this book, it was so good. Five stars. I really like the different perspective of the female being the villain. It was very dark and twisty and you kind of creates this almost mind game where she's a villain, but you like her and you root for her. I think that Evelina was so badass and I loved how she was trying to get revenge for her sister's murder while also proving to be the brains of the flowers. And she did get her revenge in the end. Nicholas was witty, sharp and beyond hot, in my opinion. And the author did such a good job with these characters because it was opposites attract in the best way possible. They weren't mean to each... Like, they weren't, like, awful to each other. It was, like, a very good, like, opposites attract situation. I did not see her best friend being the undercover agent at all. That was truly one of the biggest plot twists. And when I was rereading this again, I still didn't catch it. There was, like, no hints or anything. So when I saw jaw on the floor. When they are reunited together in Ireland, I just thought it was just like the perfect ending that they both got their happy endings. And two quotes that I really liked. So Nicholas is saying, if I'm her calm, then she's my chaos. And if I can't live with her forever, then I don't want to live at all. And then there is a quote, which it kind of like ties into the spice, but there is something so attractive about one person submitting completely to another of being at their mercy accepting whatever they see fit to give you this story was really good i gave it 4.25 stars i personally when i'm thinking of the wizard of oz and then we're like making heroin i was like how did we get here like (laughs) i have some questions at no point did i expect what would happen next and i love it when a story really keeps you guessing I did like that Eveline was the villain. And honestly, I felt really bad for her. I think that was the point. But, like, anytime you're sympathizing or empathizing with someone who puts her sister in a vat of acid, I was like, we have reached a point. <laughs> the acid was a little much for me. Like, that was the one point where I was like, girl, like, you were villaining so hard. Like, can you stop? But fuck Dorothy. Fuck that bitch. She was a miserable, miserable wench. And I liked all of the flashbacks to the sister that had passed. Like, you could see how important Nessa was to Evelyn, and, like, not having her here made her really alone. And so I really enjoyed that there was, like, that constant and she was, like, going to visit the gravesite and, like, having these flashbacks. And then you have Dorothy, like, basically flaunting that she killed her. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this family is fucked up. This was a loose retelling inspired by the wiz- by the Wizard of Oz. And I just, like, I cannot make a connection to a single character. Like, obviously, one guy called himself Oz. So I was like, ah, that's Oz. <laughs> 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 like, that's the only thing that I got. Because, like, was she the Wicked Witch? Isn't there a witch in the Wizard of Oz? Another is isn't Snow White. Okay. That was... <laughs> Because I know that, like, the Wizard of Oz has, like, the 10-man. He has no heart. I just, like, really want to know who is who. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so you have the Cowardly Lion. I think that that was the dad. He was the Cowardly Lion. All right, well, that's all I got, to be honest. I know that there's a 10-man... Oh, the flying monkeys. There are flying monkeys. That's what the heroine was called. Oh. Huh. Well, if you'd like to tune into our theater recap podcast, please join <laughs> us next. Yeah, there's uh, There's no connections being made. I was no. just like, okay. Not a single thought going through our heads. Anyway, if you maybe understand The Wizard of Oz, you would know. You'd be making some comparisons. And if you make those comparisons, please let us know. Nicholas Braden showing up and telling her to run. I was swooning. I was swooning. And you know that we need therapy when we're falling for a man who has straight up lied to us for 250 pages. And I was still swooning. When he shot the best friend, like there, he went ratata and told her to run. I was like, "Go, go, go!" Truly, because I think that because this is the thing, because she is the villain, but she was born into this life. Right, she didn't choose this. She didn't, and so I don't know. Like you, you sympathize with her. You do, but you shouldn't, because she was truly yeah. making heroin. Yeah. At first when we go down into the basement and there are it's her like garden I was like oh we're just growing a little weed like that's fine and then there were poppies and I was like ooh that's a moral dilemma like <laughs> 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 moral dilemma so again you em- you empathize with her you feel for her you like her but she's like truly growing heroin which is not good mm-hmm. and I also think Nicholas like his reason for being in the DEA cuz his mom was a junkie and then his sister struggled with addiction. So I think I think it creates this like really intense like moral situation that he's in and I liked that. But yeah, I don't know. Here's the deal. I hate sweetheart as a nickname. I never want to be called sweetheart. Pretty girl that's fine. <laughs> I'll take that. So it made up for it. But like, oh, I do not like being called sweetheart. Alex calls me sweetheart. Oh, oh that's fine. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your joy. But like, I feel like the people that call me sweetheart are 62 year old waitresses at like a Denny's. You know what I mean? <laughs> not a Denny's. <laughs> the friend being undercover shook me. To my core. That was like, they were friends in high school. That's the ultimate betrayal. That is yeah, the what a ultimate fucker. betrayal. Ultimate. How does it feel being a full-time narc? Because that's what he is. Like, and it sucks because she would actually like confide in him. And like, she only like, she considered him to be like her only friend. Granted, she was like a really bad friend to him. Like really bad. Yeah. It was not a model friendship, but it still fucking sucked. I was literally shook when he turned on her. And then my last thing is that I loved them sharing poetry back and forth. Swoon, swoon. Even like when they're in the middle of like having sex, Say what? Like, no, that's when it was the best. That be exchanging it was the poetry, best. and I'm like, that's hot. And he's like, say a line as he's going down on her. That is so hot. That's like men take notes. I'm not a poetry girl, so if someone told me that, I'd have to be, like, whipping out some Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Green eggs and <in> ham. <laughs> be, like, <laughs> the cat in the hat. <laughs> I just but- don't have the mental capacity to memorize poems. I can't memorize song lyrics. I'm not memorizing poems. If you ever see a song that Emily likes, look at her lips. She don't got a fucking clue what it's saying. <laughs> Karaoke is her worst nightmare. <laughs> I will be prepared for Taylor Swift, though. Are you studying? I am. I'm proud of you. So as i mentioned at the beginning, minimal plot, optimal spice. I give it two and a half to three peppers. And um, before I get so there's this one quote. So this is like when she's claiming to hate him. And he's like fingering her and he goes, give it to me, pretty girl. Show me how fucking filthy you are coming around the fingers of the man you claim to hate. I also highlighted that. I went to type <laughs> it in. I was like, oh, Emily got me. <laughs> so there is a chair scene where she ties him up up with like a belt on the chair. And she was like, so this is when the quote comes out that I said about being submissive, like there's nothing hotter. And so she tells him to put his um, hands behind the chair. She ties him up and she's going down on him, like teasing him in a way being like, I'm in control. But she was like, it's almost hotter because he could get out of these restraints in a heartbeat, but he is letting her have that power. And like, he knows that she needs it. He's like choosing not to, he's choosing to be a bystander. And she goes, do you want to come, baby? And he goes, I want you to use me up until you've had your fill. Then let me come inside you. The chair scene, I was, like, looking around my living room, like, is this the time? (laughs) Should I do this? (laughs) And it came out of nowhere. But it was so, just the power dynamic of it all. Him, like, allowing her to have this moment, having the power. And it was just. So hot. Chef kisses. And you need to talk about the gun scene, but I tried to explain it to um Alex about like the gun scene. And it was a whole like 30-minute conversation because he just did not understand how somebody could get fucked by a gun. Well, he is kind of a gun king. So I feel like this could be <laughs> in your future. No, he said, please don't ever ask me to fuck you with my gun, because he, like, sent me the rules of firearm safety. Oh, <laughs> my. like, this goes against firearm safety, so I don't think I'll give him Den of Vipers to read, because I don't think he'll like it. You don't think he'd like the knife in the ass? I think mean, that that's the cherry on top. <laughs> but I love this scene. I can't wait for you to talk about it. The gun scene was hot before we get into it. These are not the only two scenes. They fuck a lot in this book. A lot. Literally, I texted Emily. We were supposed to do Twisted if you were here last week. I went to download it. And in the description, it was like, this is a slow burn. And I was like, oh, I'm not really in the mood for a slow burn. So imagine my satisfaction when they are fucking in the bar 10 pages in. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. And then there's also a point where she's counting cash to launder money and he fucks her all over all over the cash and all over the cash. And I was like, my body is a vessel. Like, please. (laughs) Okay, but let's talk about this gun scene. Basically, they're having a little squabble and she shows up, points a gun at him and he turns it on her, takes her into an alley and like starts teasing her with the I don't understand how guns work with the side where the bullet comes out. What would you call the barrel? (laughs) The The barrel. Okay. Starts teasing her with the barrel of the gun, like drawing it all along her body in this like very hot fashion. And Emily and I have highlighted two separate parts. So (laughs) he keeps my arms pinned as he works his way over my breast with the Eagle, which is the gun slipping the barrel between my cleavage. I want to fuck you here. I spent days memorizing the curves of your body just to go home and take out my cock, stroking into the vision of you in my head. He moves the gun and presses the barrel against my clit. The cool metal presses into my pussy. His free hand reaches around, gripping a handful of my ass, forcing me harder into both the gun and his body. Deceased. Let me tell you what really got me, though. So the- I think I might have, like, a... Like, a people-watching kink. I think that this is new, but it is emerging. Because in the alley, he says that people are, like, passing by. And she can't see them because he's, like, over her. Obviously fucking her with this gun. She's occupied, but he, like, is in control. So he says... They're watching this. They're watching us, Evelina, standing right outside of the alley, watching everything I do to you. Do you think they like it? Do you think their cocks are thick and hard and their minds are spitting with jealousy that they can look but never touch? I'd kill them if they touch you. This is mine. There's a woman there, too. Do you think she'll go home tonight and lie down in her bed, fucking herself to the thought of what I'm doing to you? I was just like, shut the fuck up. That is so fucking hot. Are you kidding me? This is probably one of the hottest scenes ever. I just, again, I don't, I don't know that I have like a true voyeur kink, but I did in this moment, and it was, and there ended up not being anyone there, which honestly kind of bummed me out. But in the act, it was just so filthy. Like he's literally fucking her with a gun that she pulled on him up against the wall, up against the brick wall in an alley. Her pins, her hands are pinned above her head, and people are watching hot hot that's all i can say i love it i love free speech <laughs> 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 and it was just the fact that they're both very hot he would literally be going down on her and either quoting poems or she would have to while he's fucking her with the gun she has to quote poetry or he will stop. And then he'll like go down on her and like whisper poetry into her. Like, are you fucking kidding me? That's a man. A man, by a woman. man I was just about to say <laughs> they're not existing in the real world. Like at one point, she's literally like he just quoted Emily Dickinson to my pussy. And could you think of anything better? I can't. now. No. You know. I think if I asked Seth who Emily Dickinson was <laughs> do that, <laughs> let me text him right now. <laughs> He's gonna be like, is she a basketball player? <laughs> <laughs> but I also like, I don't know, I don't fully I'm not a poetry gal. I'm not a I'm not into the classics. Yeah. Write me your own poetry. No, <laughs> never do not do that. You want someone to write you poetry? No. I like you little notes. watching Love Island, right? Nuh-uh. I know there's a girl in there that you absolutely fucking hate. Uh, I honestly am done with I can't get into a Love Island rant right now. We don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> Does Seth <that the> respond? <laughs> Have said in my response to, Do you know Emily Dickinson? <laughs> and he asked if she's an athlete. You <laughs> only get this out without laughing. He said, Name sounds familiar. Is she from GSU? <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a glass. On oh my lord, that's so funny! I told y'all he wouldn't know who that is. It is. That is so funny. I was talking about Love Island. I oh, this man on Love Island. This man on Love Island wrote one of the girls a poem. And I just, I have the ick. I can't do a homemade poem. It rhymed and everything. I was like, Ugh. I don't like poems as much as I like. I love a good handwritten note card letter. Oh, every day. Yeah. And I save them all. I have like all of my little notes. Me too. Um, I think that Alex and I are going to get a Polaroid camera
1: and like that can be
0: like our thing but i just love a good sticky note a good little note card we got the polaroid camera and it turned into polaroid nudes very quickly (laughs) but that's okay (laughs) i love it so i hope that's your journey you can do i saw somebody who did an advent calendar of like polaroids for her like husband's christmas present These bitches making advent calendars, I will not be doing it. That is so much time and energy. Like the people that make 31 presents for your 31st birthday. Absolutely not. No. Okay, so getting into some discussion questions. So as we mentioned earlier, this is a dark retelling of like a... Like a Disney story, so Sab, if you could like pick to have like any Disney character to have like a dark retelling done about you, who would you pick? All right, I have two options. My first is Snow White. Is, could you imagine a reverse? That haircut? was mine. That was his? <laughs> Same reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean seven dudes I'm reading a reverse harem with five men that's a lot yeah it's a lot seven I'd never have to lift a finger that would be so amazing my other thought is Beauty and the Beast because Beast to me could be fairy you know what I mean and Like that could be ideal also like maybe an avatar you know an avatar how their like tails connect and they fuck do you know what I'm talking about no have you ever seen avatar yeah i didn't know that's how they like fuck though oh my god it was like them bonding and their tails came together listen the fantasy bitches will know what i am referring to um so i could do an avatar movement uh, an avatar moment an avatar moment i think i'd either do snow white or sleeping beauty talk me through sleeping beauty I just like Sleeping Beauty. I think she's so boring. All she does is sleep. Oh wait, no, no, no. I'm canceling Sleeping Beauty and saying Cinderella. That's fair. That's a classic. Yeah. I would pick Snow White first, though. I'm not doing Little Mermaid. No, the Little Mermaid. First of all, Prince Eric was vanilla as fuck, and you know it. The Little Mermaid was having missionary sex, and this is a hill that I'm willing to die on. She couldn't even get doggy. (laughs) little mermaid is the small town romance yeah little mermaid prince eric has never left his small town no no, that man is so vanilla meanwhile the beast is not vanilla the beast be on some crazy <laughs> <kid>. <laughs> I like that these are all like loose retellings mm-hmm. because when I looked at Scar and i was like the lion king and i was like are these animals <laughs> are we gonna read about animals fucking so again like the concept of the lion king and like the the brother and it, you know what i'm saying like it's yeah there, but i can't picture it without picturing the fucking animals <laughs> it's really good you should definitely read it okay i'm adding it to the list i have a bit of an introspective question because again we were swooning over Brayden nick but could you realistically if you were in eveline's situation be in a relationship that was completely based on lies no i don't think i could either no and then like that's the thing if they come completely clean Cause that, that's like hard to intertwine, like unentangle your feelings for that person because I feel like points to with this book is we got his true self, not his undercover self. So I think that's like a little bit better, but I could never be like, okay, like in the future, I'd say you forgive them. How do you know they're not lying to you again? Yeah. Like he lied to her about absolutely everything, everything. So I'm struggling with that a little bit. Like, I love that they have their happily ever after. Because she was blunt and honest with him from the get-go. Yeah, and show like, he saw the worst parts of her and still chose her. And so she didn't get that same, like, choice. Yeah. Because she didn't even see the real parts of him, much less the best and worst. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. heartedly, I couldn't do it. I couldn't either. Not for, not for me. No. I am happy they had their happy ever after. I just couldn't. I know. And I think we've talked about this before, but if you could like, if you had to run away and start a new life, where would you go? I still think I would go into like one of like the Scandinavian, like Switzerland, Norway, Ireland, Denmark. This is the thing. You got to go somewhere where media is not so heavy. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's fair. Are you still picking like the beach? Absolutely. A little shack in a Caribbean island somewhere. Would you tell Seth that you're leaving? Well, it depends. Is Seth Narc on me or is (laughs) is it safe for me to tell him? I don't know. If Seth is Brayden Nick in this scenario, first of all, Seth needs to figure out where I'm at. You know what I mean? (laughs) six years you should be able to put it together I've publicly stated it twice on this podcast so shouldn't be hard for an investigator to fucking track me down but if he narked on me no, I'm not telling his anything you taking the dogs and going I'm only taking Bella <laughs> just me and Bella Nala can stay here she's glaring at me she knows that I'm talking shit Okay. Now the hard part of each episode is we have to put Nicholas into our boyfriend pyramid. As you guys know, we have our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid at the bottom. Ultimate friends with benefits might try it once or twice may or may not even tell your friends about it as a fun time. Then we have meet the parents. You guys could end up together in the future. Could not. He's nice. You want to introduce him to the parents. Then we have white picket fence. You guys have, the red door two and a half kids the dog happily ever after and at the top of the top we have god here where the god like the the best of the best live so Sav, where are you putting nicholas i'm really struggling with this one i'm not gonna lie part of me wants to do white picket fence but i think i'm going meet the fam yeah that's a good one Final answer. I like white picket fence. Yeah, I liked Braden Dick. I don't have anything against him. He to me was not the star of the show here. No, not at all. He was a sideline character. (laughs) (laughs) At best. He was a sideline character. Yeah, I'm putting him at White Picket Fence. Yeah, I think that's a safe choice. Not a god tier. Not a god tier. I haven't put somebody in god tier in a while. We've been in a god tier drought. I'm on back-to-back Meet the Fams. Yeah. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. Yes. All right, guys. We hoped you guys liked this book as much as we did. It was just, like, very different. Love the female um, villain perspective. So next week we are sticking on our theme of dark romance and we are going to read Cruel King which is the first book in the Royal Elite series by Rena Kent. And so this is the first generation and we read God of Malice. And so this is a like God of Malice is the second generation, this is the first generation. And so I'm really excited. We all love Rena and we'll talk to you guys next week and we'll be recording in person. So strap in. bye bye guys